Hello, my friends, and welcome to the second to last episode of season two, where we are talking about how to say no without guilt. This is a common struggle for a lot of people, especially moms and other highly empathetic folks. It is a natural offshoot from our last episode talking about boundaries and healthy boundaries. It's not the same, however, because while saying no is about how you articulate your boundaries, what you are willing to accept, what you're not willing to accept, and more of the interactional component of boundary setting. So boundary setting is a big part internal and processing and awareness, and then how you engage it, how you articulate it to the outside world. As social creatures, it can be really difficult to say no because of fear. Fear of hurting someone and being seen as uncaring, fear of being seen as lazy or incompetent or in some other way judged, which is where the guilt comes in. Because even when you know what you want to do or what feels right for you, that sense of self-preservation, really, because of the desire to be included and not rejected, is a big one. The need for that security of the group, of the other people, is powerful and hits some basic needs inside of ourselves. So while it may not be a conscious value, like a chosen value, it's often highly influential in our decision making. And there are plenty of studies out there that show that as an influencer in our lives. And then even when you want to do something, we still have to recognize that time and energy that is available to us is finite. It's a finite resource. So we do have to say no, we can't do all the things. Sometimes we realize we can't do all the things after trying to do all the things, and then we have to say no to things. But again, boundaries are something that is an evolving awareness. So that's part of learning Sometimes we don't say no, and then we learn that we do need to say no next time it comes up. So it's a process. We're going to dig into why saying no is so hard, the dynamics of being selfish or the thoughts around selfishness. Oftentimes you'll hear, you know, self-care isn't selfish. Well, what is it with the problem of selfishness? Dealing with people who don't get it, letting go of control. Because, you know, owning your side of the street means that you have to let other people own theirs. And that can be kind of tough. And saying yes in order to say no, which includes saying no to ourselves in certain contexts. And when that comes up, what do you do? This is a really juicy topic because it is such a part of so many things and there's so much stuff around it. So we're going to dig right in. If you are looking for support around boundaries, it is something that I do a lot of work on with my clients because as I mentioned in the last episode, everything is boundaries. So reach out if you have questions about boundaries that you'd like me to engage in a future episode. If you would like to sign up for free anonymous coaching on the podcast in the next season. 
I will be recording those while I'm on break from sharing more podcast episodes, so you can still sign up for those. Or if you want to talk about either signing up for a coaching package through our exploration call, or if you want a one-off coaching session to work through whatever's coming up for this holiday season, I do have some spots open for that. So all the links for these things will be in the show notes. So go check those out if any of that resonates for you or you want to learn more. And now without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. Before we dive in with the aspects of saying no that we're going to talk about today, I do want to let you know that if you are looking for like a simple step-by-step, there are a number of sites that have some seven steps or 11 steps to saying no without guilt on things like even WikiHow and Tiny Buddha and all of that. If you just search how to say no without guilt. I found them during my research for this episode and, you know, it's stuff like acknowledge you can't do everything, tell yourself you're not being selfish, know that you can't please everyone or, you know, resist the urge to justify or overexplain, be honest, be firm, don't apologize, those sorts of things. So it's like very clear little step-by-step things. And I think those can be great This podcast, as you may know, is a lot more about digging into the meat and potatoes, as it were, (laughs) of this concept of saying no. I do also have a podcast episode, How to Stop Reacting and Start Responding, that explores the mom guilt as well as helps you dig more into understanding your values that play into guilt. So if you want that as a foundation to kind of explore what you might want to say no to as supports around that, then go check that out as well as, of course, last episode on setting healthy boundaries. So now let's talk a little bit about why saying no is so hard. For many of us, there is societal conditioning around not saying no and how we are expected to not say no. Oftentimes, when it comes to this struggle around saying no, we think, well, it's about them. And the saying no piece, there's kind of twofold. We think often about, well, saying no is our own guilt and the struggle to say no, but then it's also like how other people are going to react. So, you know, the two sides of a relationship, right? So whether the other person is getting it or whether we're getting it, but we're always thinking about these dynamics, whether we're conscious of it or not, whether we're intentionally engaging them or not, as social creatures, we will naturally understand ourselves in relation to other people. So we're always kind of assessing the dynamics of things. And we are highly influenced by the overall societal messaging, especially the ones that are infused with shame because of the shoulds of things, or even the things that historically have been dangerous to say no to. 
So this is one of the reasons why this comes up a lot for women and the rules around the roles that we occupy and where our place is and what we are supposed to be doing and what we should be doing. Even if you're a avid feminist and you know better, it's very hard not to have some of those things influence us. Most of my clients would consider themselves feminists, and yet saying no is difficult because it's not something that is very supported around us typically, to the point that we don't even necessarily realize that we needed to say no until we didn't say no. And then we create a pattern and, you know, brains like patterns, so we tend to perpetuate those patterns. I want to remind you here that boundaries are not about controlling other people. And this is part of the reason why this gets confused is because we want the other person to accept our no. We want to be told that it is okay. We want them to comply in order to hold the boundary. And if they don't, then that consciously or subconsciously tells us that we are not allowed to have that or it's not okay or it's not safe even to have that. This is why it's so important to do that boundary work and to be aware and to notice. Always start with the noticing versus the judging because that makes it harder and then our brain is bucketing things without us realizing it much more dramatically. (laughs) So knowing that we're not enforcing rules on other people, They are standards of conduct that we set for ourselves. Boundaries are really about owning your own stuff and then allowing other people to own their stuff. That can be really difficult, especially if you have set up a dynamic where you have someone who wants you to be responsible for them and their feelings. And I don't mean that you've set up that dynamic. There's a lot of, again, societal conditioning around that dynamic, so both parties participate in that some more than others. So that societal conditioning, the power dynamics that you may not see directly, but that is historical and subconscious. I'll give you an example. I've mentioned this before. I grew up in a home impacted by alcoholism. And when alcohol was not present to regulate emotions, suddenly there were big emotions and it was very scary. A lot of times people think sobriety means that it's going to get better. Well, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. So I learned that it was important to protect the emotional space of the person in the house. What I wasn't aware of until relatively recently was the historical contexts around that need to protect the emotional security of the man in the house. So I had personal experience as well as the historical dynamics that I can actually trace back through my parents and their experience with their parents, and that I can then see in my dynamics with my husband. While he has never told me that I'm responsible for his emotions, at least not to my recollection, so it wasn't conscious if it was there, it was certainly there in that I find myself dysregulated when he's upset. And there are dynamics there that I will observe that, oh, see, there's this societal context. It's my responsibility to take care of his emotional state so that the house is okay. This also ties into the whole like when mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy because nobody else can seem to regulate themselves when mom 
is dysregulated. So yes, it's important for me to say no so that I can take care of myself, so that I can regulate myself, but also to not take on the responsibility of regulating, you know, other adults. So that's one example. Another one that came up recently with a client has to do with dynamics in the workplace. She mentioned how important it is, how much it's a part of her identity to prove people wrong. Like this is a motivational thing. When somebody says I can't do it, it motivates me to show them. This is a woman who works in a male-dominated space. So naturally, this has really helped her achieve in the space because she is going to prove them wrong. She's going to prove that she can do it, and she does. She hired me because she was having trouble making space for self-care. And it became clear as we were exploring what motivated her in general Well, of course, she isn't self-caring because self-care is a should. There's all this messaging around how you should take care of yourself. You should be able to do this. And naturally, that's the thing that's falling by the wayside because it's not the thing that needs the proving. So she's saying no to that because the emphasis is around proving that she can in these other places, which is also depleting and makes it harder to do things. This is a societal manipulation. It's not like one thing or one person or saying it's this group of people that's doing this. It is a patriarchy society manipulation. So that if you struggle with self-care as you're listening to this and you're going, huh, I struggle with self-care too. Well, it's not just you. It's not a deficiency in you. It is a conditioning around what is accepted what is lauded in our society. So these are just a couple examples of the underlying dynamics of like how we are kind of supported in not saying no or supported in saying no to ourselves versus actually looking at what's important and what we need and saying no to the other things. Which brings me to this idea of being selfish I had an interesting conversation with some other women around this word selfish and how it keeps coming up in relation to self-care. Now, I'm just going to touch on this real quick because I think it also plays a role so often when we talk about saying no, we have to remind ourselves that saying no isn't selfish and self-care isn't selfish and all of these things. The definition of selfish is a person, action, or motive, lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. And the thing is that an action like self-care or like saying no to something, when it is related to a boundary that you're setting, isn't about lacking consideration for others. It is about supporting you and how you want to show up in the world. Self-care, it's not lacking consideration for others. It's supporting your ability to consider others. But that act itself is, of course, chiefly concerned with your own pleasure, with your own needs. So it can be selfish. And there's nothing wrong with that. It actually often needs to be selfish because it needs to be you being concerned with your own pleasure and your own needs, not about the other person. We need to remember that it doesn't make us selfish. It is not an identifier. So a selfish action like 
taking space for yourself, for your needs, while it may be in some ways something one could label as selfish, it doesn't make you selfish. Does that make sense? It's kind of like you can make a mistake without being a mistake. And there's nothing really wrong with making a mistake. It's part of how we learn and grow. So there's nothing wrong with selfish actions, i.e. actions that are chiefly concerned with your own pleasure, your own needs. It doesn't make you a selfish person. Of course, a lot of this has to do with intentionality and how you show up to that. So it's important to notice that. But I think it's really interesting where this word comes up and how it keeps getting used. But then again, I always think words are interesting. So there's that. So let's talk a minute about dealing with people who don't get it when you say no, who don't get it when you set a boundary, when you state what your needs are. It's important to remember that when you first start clearly setting boundaries, when you first start saying no, especially when you have normally said yes to everything, you may have a lot of people around you who aren't used to you setting boundaries, who aren't used to you saying no to stuff. If people are used to you saying yes all the time, they will naturally have expectations that you will say yes. I know someone who it was so extreme with that when she started saying no, some of the people around her didn't even hear it. They couldn't even hear it because they were so used to the yes. Their brains just automatically assumed that there was a yes. Now, one could say this has to do with the quality of the people around her, and that is something to notice. Hopefully, you have people around you who are supportive of you establishing boundaries and hopefully even doing their own work so that you can support each other with boundaries. But that is not always the case. And two things can happen when you're dealing with people who may not be used to you setting boundaries and saying no to stuff. One is they may passively push back. Again, just like this person that I know, they don't hear it, ignore it, forget it, because brains like patterns. Or two, they actively push back and emotionally manipulate Oh, this boundary hurts me. You don't care about me going back to that whole selfish conversation, right? Oh, that's so selfish. You must be so selfish and the labeling and all of that. Regardless of whether it's passive or active, dealing with either of these takes energy and thus also need to inform the boundaries that you need to set with those people. It doesn't always mean malintent. Sometimes it's just that conditioning. Because remember, they've been conditioned by society as well in the way that they grew up and by the relationship that you've had with them up to this point. You are changing the dynamics of your relationship and that impacts their comfort zone. They will naturally try to return to their comfort zone. Less so, of course, if they are doing their own work as well, but sometimes even then too. This doesn't necessarily mean that the relationship is doomed or that you shouldn't set boundaries, because oftentimes we go there, it's like, oh, either it's me or them, because it can feel like that. That doesn't mean that, though. It just means that change is hard, and it's awkward. And of course, reading into that pushback can make it harder. Rather than making up stories, just take the information of the behaviors and know, okay, this behavior means that I need this boundary. 
And also know that you may need to reinforce your boundaries a little bit more at first, saying no a little bit more than you may later need to. I encourage you when you're dealing with people around these things not to assume that the other person isn't respecting you if they struggle with it at first. Again, look at the behaviors. If the relationship is a quality relationship, they will work to develop that awareness and do better. If you get a lot of pushback and they are continuously actively pushing back with hurtful behavior, gaslighting, that sort of thing, then this may be a relationship that you want to evaluate because you do deserve to be respected and you do deserve to be able to have boundaries and to say no because that's important. That's important for a healthy relationship. When you are saying no and you're setting a boundary out of love and respect for yourself and your values and what your needs are, then you are capable of giving the other person the quality that you're able to give in showing up. Ultimately, saying no and having boundaries is a win-win for both people. It's just awkward (laughs) when you start doing it. The flip side of this is also that it requires letting go of control. When you are overlapping, when you don't have clear boundaries with another person, then there's a lot of confusion around what's yours and what's theirs. When you clarify what's yours and you start focusing on what's yours and what you need and saying no to things, it means that you are letting go of what's not yours. So you're letting go of controlling what is going on for them, their emotional space, for example. There is a certain amount of respect that goes into allowing someone to own their own stuff, even if they don't want to. It requires respecting their process, respecting their journey, and respecting yourself enough to not take on what's not yours. Because when you're taking on what's not yours, be it tasks or emotional labor or whatever it is, that's where we get into those enabling behaviors. And that is absolutely draining enabling is doing for someone else what they can and need to do for themselves. I find it helpful to remember that your feelings and your thoughts are yours and their feelings and their thoughts are theirs. So they do need to be responsible for those things. Now, everybody's got a growing process and sometimes it is painful, but it is important to allow people to learn and grow, allow them to make mistakes Allow them to do it their way, which may not be your way. It is possible to support people without taking on all of that other stuff that's not yours, but it does take practice. This can be really difficult if you are someone who has been conditioned that your self-worth is based in your ability to help or fix other people. This is where that whole like external validation comes in. Like I'm able to do this thing and make this better for you. So therefore I am good enough. I have a lot of stuff around that that I've had to work on. So I'm well versed in the dynamics and how difficult it is to step out of that. I want you to know that this is normal in a lot of ways, partly because I think you know, our society has a lot of codependency issues, but also because we're communal creatures, which means that we do need external validation. 
not just internal validation, but we have a distorted relationship to that validation. We need a mix of both. I find it helpful to distinguish between having your worth being based on controlling an outcome, i.e. fixing, changing, convincing other people, which is based in their choices, and having your efforts validated and seen by others. Again, this is a process. It is something that evolves just like shopping addictions or food addictions, things that we can't not have, like we can't stop having them. We can't, you know, not eat and still live. So it requires developing a new relationship with food, a new relationship in this case with validation. So if someone comes to you and they have something going on and they need help, you have to decide how much help do you have to give? What is the relationship? What's your purpose in the relationship? What capacity do you have? Going back to some of what we talked about in the last episode on boundaries, where can you be of best service that isn't overstepping what you feel able to do? Being very clear with yourself on the purpose of helping. Are you helping so that you feel better because you feel bad that they feel bad and then maybe you're taking on their stuff? Or are you helping because you want to be of service and it feels good to be of service and whatever happens, happens, like you're detached from the outcome? It's hard to detach from the outcome without boundaries, without having that clear, what am I saying no to, what am I saying yes to? Because otherwise, your boundaries become the outcome that you want. That's how your boundaries get defined is getting that outcome. So in this helping example, you know, getting them to feel better is the outcome. Well, what if they're not ready to feel better? Without a boundary, you will pour until there's nothing left and you feel resentful, taken advantage of, etc., and resistant to helping again. With a boundary, you can give what you said you would, feel compassionate, and give again when you are able. This is where having that clarity around what your vision is, what your values are, and connecting to your own value is really important. You have value. And you may not be the best fit for everyone. And not every activity, not everything is a good fit for you or for them. Staying on your side of the street, owning yourself, owning your value, owning what you have to offer, and owning what's important to you is critical for you to be able to give effectively and give without being depleted constantly. This may be a bit of a struggle, and if it is, it's something that you may want to do some deeper work around and get support around. You know, that's something that I help with, or, you know, you can find a therapist or a support group or whatever. Just know that it's a process, and it's really important to be able to say no so that you can say yes, because, <laughs> again, it's about you and how you articulate yourself into the world. And a lot of times you'll hear when it comes to saying no and setting boundaries, consistency is important. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the boundary itself, like setting a wall and saying no, and no is no all the time. It may be helpful to have that at first as you are learning, to have like policies in place that are clear and and more firm. But ultimately, the consistency has to do with your communication and your follow through when you say what you're going to do that you follow through on it. Again, this also evolves because you may learn, okay, this is not something that I'm able to follow through on when I thought I was able to follow through on. And then you have to go, okay, what do I need to support me in following through on this? 
Or is there something different that I need to set? Finally, is saying yes to say no. I'll keep emphasizing (laughs) to check in with your vision and your values. Vision being how you want to show up, not some future thing, but how you want to show up, how you want to experience life and the impact that you want to make. And especially those values, looking at understanding yourself better and understanding the rules that you want to have for the way that you do life. When you have that awareness of yourself, you can ask yourself, is saying yes to this or engaging in this situation saying no to me, saying no to these things that are important to me? Is it pulling me toward or away from the person that I want to be? Now, it's also important to recognize that this isn't about being comfortable. Like, I want to be happy. I want to be calm. I want to be comfortable. It's not about that. It's not about like avoiding difficult conversations or situations because it makes you see something about yourself that you don't like. That's important. It's important to be able to step into the discomfort and see yourself more clearly. Viola Davis did a post a while back that said, some things break your heart, but fix your vision. So boundaries aren't about saying, no, I'm not going to look at this thing that I need to see about myself. We need to understand the impact that we're having, whether or not it matches the intention that we had. We need to understand that. And sometimes sitting with that discomfort may feel like you're saying no to yourself. You're saying no to your own pleasure or your own needs or self-preservation and all of that, those self-protective drives. This isn't about compromising your values or beating yourself up, right? This is not about okay, we're, we're not going to take care of ourselves. It's about being clear on what you want and creating boundaries as well as enlisting help to support those boundaries. This is who I am. This is how I articulate myself to the world and allowing that information to come in of like, oh, this is not how I'm actually showing up. I thought I was showing up this way, but this is not what that's ending up looking like. What do I need to support myself? What do I need to say no to? And sometimes that's like saying no to yourself in some ways. Like, for example, how you talk to yourself. You hear yourself beating yourself up. I'm too impatient. I'm too sensitive. I'm too lazy. I'm too selfish or whatever it is, right? All of that stuff. Saying no to that. Interrupting that going, hey, that's not okay. We're not going to keep repeating that. We're going to notice that we're doing it and get support to take care of ourselves better, right? It's about noticing and engaging. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves no because it's what we need to do to interrupt conditioning that we've identified that is harmful to us and harmful to the way we want to engage in the world. Remember, if you're compromising yourself and your values, you are also creating a more destructive relationship, whether it's a relationship with another person or a situation or a dynamic in your life or whatever. It will drain you. It will deplete you. Saying no empowers you to be able to say yes more effectively because saying no means you can say yes in other instances and show up more to the way that you want. Finally, there's a tool that you can use that can be helpful in this, and that is rather than saying no, utilize the improv game, yes and. Yes is accepting what is. Okay, this is what's going on. Yes, I am tired and I need to get some sleep, right? Yes, you want my help, and 
I am able to help once I get some sleep. Yes, you would love for me to come to this event and I'm not available at that time. It's something that's encouraged to use with kids by a lot of parental support people because the no shuts the conversation down and the yes and allows you to acknowledge what's going on and then add to it. So if saying no is uncomfortable for you, you're not quite there yet, try yes and and see what happens. All of this, though, is reliant upon you doing the work to understand yourself and to have the awareness of yourself. A few questions that can help you explore these things more. What have you got going on where saying yes is saying no to what's really important to you, to what your needs are? What is something that's threatening a value? What did you say yes to primarily out of fear of a consequence instead of enjoyment in doing it? What's something you are doing because of what people will think? Exploring these questions can help you identify some places where you may need to say no or yes, this isn't working and this is what I want to do differently. These things can be really difficult to do on your own, especially because so much of it does have to do with that societal conditioning that we don't even notice that feeds into the dynamics we have with other people and situations and work and our society and our kids and just all of the things. So having someone who is outside of that, who can help you connect the dots and see what maybe is stuck to your forehead that you're not really able to see without having a mirror can be extremely helpful, as well as helping you step outside of the survival mode that can put blinders on, which is totally normal when you need a boundary, (laughs) and come up with solutions that allow you to take care of yourself and show up the way that you want to show up. Because again, sometimes those two things feel like they're in conflict. They don't have to be. It often just needs a different way of looking at it to find a solution that honors both. That is a core piece of what I help people do. And I am here for you. So if you would like some support, grab a spot on my calendar either with the exploration call to see if a coaching package is a good fit for you or one of the spots that I have available for a one-off session where we can dig into and create some supportive boundaries for you, especially as we enter the holidays and wrap up the fourth quarter if you're a business owner and trying to figure out what your next year is going to look like to set some of those structures in place that support you doing what you want to do while being the person that you want to be. All the links are in the show notes. There's one episode left of season two. We're going to do a wrap up of this season and what to expect for next season. So be sure to tune in for that. And I will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And remember, your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time.